Walsh, that certainly didn't go to Gorquad on the left. Amble was so clever, so good. And Murphy is it. What a goal. What a blues. The young and the old together. The ground and there it is. Paulson, McGovern again. Oh, yes. This to give Carlton the lead. They're in front. The Blue Boys. Stopping and dropping. Bits gets in and the table here was Garland. And you can put down the glasses. It's an amigo. It's an amigo for the finish it off. Kick it, Jeffrey. He does. Carlton are on their way to Sydney. G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Jed Zetzer here alongside the great man Harrison Hyman's Bolt. We've done it again. Oh yeah. It's... We have done it again. They, oh, they really put you through the ringer every week, don't they? Three Heart weeks. in the throat type Three of weeks. One point, two point, one point. Now, I don't think I've never really lived through that with Carlton. You know, having three absolute, you know, nail biters at Classics. the end. But, you know, to come away and win two of them, you've got to take that and run. Considering, you know, in the two games we've won, you know, both the, you know Geelong and Essendon would have left those games thinking they should have won. Exactly. I think that if you looked at our fixture and looked at who we had to play in the first four rounds, being Richmond, Melbourne, Geelong and Essendon, if you were to tell us we'd be 2-2, two and two, we would be... Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Go on a 50-metre sprint. I tell you what, we are on fire. We've got the Saints this week and then... And Sydney at Sydney the MCG. At the G, winnable, two winnable games. Both games at the MCG is massive for us because we do play nicer footy at the MCG. I know statistically, not necessarily, but I just... I think what most Carlton supporters will agree, though. Yeah, we, we always usually play better footy at the MCG. The general consensus is we prefer to play at the G. Yeah. And then the Suns the week after. Now, three winnable games. Massive. We'll get, we'll get to those games later in the yeah. show. Let's dissect the proceedings from tonight. What an absolute... What a win. I mean, wow. it's just... I wow. I thought Hold we on. were gone. Couldn't have happened to a nicer opposition firstly. Yeah, yeah. You know, the old saying, you know, what's better than beating Essendon by 10 goals? Beating them by a point. Beating them by a point. The first time we've beaten them by a point since the 1999 preliminary final as well. And I think the best thing about tonight's win was the fact that you know, I thought there was a moment in the second quarter where I thought, mm, they might be getting on top. Mm. We hit back with a Casbolt and McGovern goal. Yep. And then in the last quarter, Essendon went two goals up early and I thought, mm, they might get away here. We hit back with a Casbolt and Martin goal. So yep. we hit the... And then look, we should have been further ahead at probably at three-quarter time. We should, we should have been five goals up, I felt, at three-quarter time. We should have been. And, you know, we peppered the goals. You know, we missed. You know, Cunningham ran in early in the third quarter. And then, you know, Gibbons missed a couple of set shots. Nunes missed a set shot. Casbolt missed a couple. We had our chances to really yep. put a bit of separation between us and Essendon. But, yeah, as in, look, and to find a way to hold on. That's the thing. That it, shows real character. It really does. And we spoke after the round two game against Melbourne how they lost their heads a little bit. You know, early, late in the game. They've rectified that. Two weeks in a row. And the man we spoke about in that Melbourne game was Sam Doherty and how he had those two moments of madness against Melbourne. Firstly, Sam Doherty, to come back from two ACLs and not only play, but just fit in so seamlessly and I pick up where he left off is... It speaks volumes of him, but there's one play from last night which I want to take you back to. Yeah, take me back to this. I think there's about three or four minutes left and there's... That Essendon have cleared the area, so it's gone to about just over the halfway line. Yeah. Tom Williamson, it's one on two. And Williamson, oh, yes. Williamson yes. kicks the ball off the ground Brilliant towards Williamson. the boundary. Brilliant. But this is where it started. And you can see Doherty in the back of the picture. Yeah. He's about 30 metres off the ball, barking, and obviously instructing. This is the general. <laughs> he can see the play unfolding. And you've got Doherty, who called Williamson out and just said, Shepard, I take the man out. And Doherty comes in, picks the ball up, we hold possession. That play, so late in the game, was just like, massive. Like, for yeah. him to have... Almost game game winning. Oh. That's game winning plays. Yeah. That, that's why we won. Yeah, no. Little it, plays like that. Sam Doherty is massive for this team. I, I don't know. He straightens us up. He's just huge. He had 32 disposals last night. He's a phenomenal player. I don't know if you know, what was his efficiency? Look, and I know a lot of people that listen uh, will say he has easy possessions. And so he, he would have hit, I reckon, 27 of them. 
He had 29 out of 32 effective disposals. He went at 90% at 32 disposals. Those numbers are unheard of in the league. He's a superstar. He had eight marks, three score involvements from the back line, eight rebound 50s, two clearances, an inside 50. This guy is straight into the halfback flank in the All Australian team. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. So what if, a resurrection! If he of makes his the All Australian team, do we count that as back to back All Australians? Well, in his career, it is. Yeah, he hasn't missed a beat. He's a star. He really, and you know, and I think it also goes under the radar because he plays in the same team as Paddy Cripps. He's our captain as well. Uh, you, you know, yeah, yeah and one hundred percent. He's the captain of the footy 100% club. One hundred percent. It goes under the radar. Is he better than twenty seventeen? So, so I think so last night he, was almost his best game. And he in the won Navy the best Blue. and fairest in sixteen as well. But I thought he was better in seventeen than sixteen. But yeah, um, it's just, honestly it's the same Doherty. Yeah, it's, it's the it's, same Doherty. Because I thought last night was almost his best game for the club. He was very, very. It was good. tremendous, he was unbelievable. He actually just didn't put a foot. You know when someone just doesn't yeah, put a foot wrong. He like, just he made no errors. And it's great that he rectified. And speaking of rectification, I think you know we spoke about him last week in Tom Williamson's game last yeah, night. Yeah, oh, awesome. As much as we like to give the players a nudge and say, come along, you know, you need to improve. We'll praise them. And I tell you what, as you just mentioned, Tom Williamson, I thought he was brilliant last night. He actually also didn't put a foot wrong. No, and I thought the matchup of putting him on McDonald tipping Woody was a bit iffy, to be honest. It wouldn't have been my first option, mm. but I didn't see Tipper. I, kicked yeah, a, he I, kicked a goal from a cheap handball. Otherwise, Williamson as well had the 15 disposals at 80%. So he was clean with the ball, which was his issue last week, which is what we called him out on. And, you know, he's come out Willow and he's done well. Three score involvements, the five marks, the two tackles. He actually had three clearances as well. So he's gotten involved there. I thought it was brilliant. I think he's, that's, that's the form that we got excited by in his first year. That's that's what excited just be us. Be a reliable defender. You know, we've had it. We had it with Laidler and Dargan when we were really good in 2011. Just do your job. We don't even care if we don't see you. Just do your job because we don't want to see McDonald tipping Woody. I think it would be an outstanding result if he's overtaken Plowman by the end of 2020. That's yeah, well, that's at, what we need. At the rate they're both going, that's it'll be next week. <laughs> Fair. Well, we'll get to our bottom threes later in the show. I'm sure Lockie Plowman's a chance of featuring there because. As we say, we've got to give the players a little nudge as well on the Blues Footy Podcast, and he was got to call it as you see it. Yeah, you well, know, that's exactly you right. Know, he, all twenty-two players can't play out well every week. Yeah, that's that's the reality. So we're not going to be we're not going to sugarcoat things here. Call us out on Twitter if you disagree <laughs> with our opinions. And I said it last week at Harrison Hyman's. I'm happy yeah. to go to war yeah. on my opinion. <laughs> all right, let's go through the rest of the the players that we thought played well. Gibbons had twenty-five. Now I think you nailed it when we were speaking about the game just a few moments before we started recording, Michael Gibbons just lacks that last bit of polish that's going to separate him from being someone that's good and then someone that's being great. Now, right now, he's playing well, but he could be playing a whole lot better if he cleaned up his... If he was just a little bit tidy with the ball and took his opportunities, because he's missed two shots tonight, which is actually usually not doing. He usually kicks those. He's pretty clutch, Gibbons. He has been this year so far. What are your thoughts on his performance? He, he, look, he, he is playing well. He's, and he's getting his hands on the footy, which is, you know, imperative. 25 touches tonight. Yeah, and but he's he only, getting involved. This is what I'm talking about it, when I say he needs he, he to be tidier. He makes a lot of blues. He only went at 60%. Yeah, he makes a lot of er- er- errors. And, you know, for him to miss... Eight clangers. It's, it's a lot. And that's yeah, why that's, I get that's frustrated. It's why I get frustrated. It's a bit the same. You know, that was David Cunningham's breakout game. Do not get me wrong. Had 28 possessions. You know, he, he was running through the midfield in the last quarter, Cunningham. And he was winning the ball out of the middle. He only but, had the five clangers, to be I fair. I know. But his, but his five errors, there was one... There were, there were two instances where in the first quarter... He was, no, the start of the last quarter, he was running out of the middle, mm. missed the target, mm. slingshots up the other end, goal. Yeah. And he did the same thing in the first quarter, slingshots, parish goal. And then he, he missed two big shots. Start of the third quarter to put us 14 points Should up. Should have nailed that. And then the kick with a minute to go seals mm. the game. So there are four big errors from Cunningham. He, he was very, he was unbelievable. You know, that was his best game for the footy club. Do not get me wrong. But you know, that's why it's frustrating with Gibbons and Cunningham because... We speak, I speak about it often, you know, what separates a team from being really good to great is how good your second tier players are. Because we know Cripps will always be good. We know Doherty and Wiedering will always be good. But if Gibbons, Cunningham, Setterfield, Ed Kerno, 
you know, Petrovsky seed mm. and these middle tier guys, you know, go to that next level, you know, this year, it makes a world of a difference. And that's no, why I, Carlton I look better. Agree. Because, you know, if, if you're going to get 50 possessions out of Cunningham and Gibbons, and if they, you know, convert zero goals, four to four goals, that is just... Yeah. That's Shane Edwards, Kane Lambert, second tier players exactly. stepping up. That's, that's, that's what it is. That's what eventually we are hoping that those two turn into. Yeah. 28 disposals. He only went at the 64% Cunningham, but yeah. he was... I felt like he was better than the 64%. Seven score involvements, eight marks, two inside 50. He had the six inside 50s, which was the stat. And I know those probably weren't, you know, the best entries, but they were he still was, entries. He was getting the ball out of the middle. And he, yeah, and he, the two he clearances was, He was fabulous. Well. He was no, very good coming no, he was, he was, that was That was his best game, in my opinion, for the club. And we said last week that he was a lock in the best 22 yeah, well, just by being a handy player. Do you remember? He wasn't in the original 22 for round one. He yeah. was a late in, and oh. he's he has taken his opportunity with both hands. He is now safely in there, yep. safely. He's not. Uh, he potentially could still be in the bottom six, but he's safely in the twenty-two. Yeah, yeah, he was brilliant. This was the stat for me as well. The pressure acts last night. Gibbons had fourteen pressure acts. So Gibbons has been, you know, the intensity in that third quarter went through the roof from Carlson. The pressure. The tackling, Gibbons, I thought, was huge in that. Cunningham as well. He had the five pressure acts. Sam Walsh, that was his best game for the year. He needed it, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. He, he, needed needed, he needed a boost. He had the 11 pressure acts Walsh as well. Walsh was magnificent last That's what night. I'm talking about. These players who, in round one, when we didn't put on you know, the pressure and the intensity wasn't there, the last three weeks, it has lifted majorly. And that's what the coach wanted. Yep. Yeah, no, they were. And once again, it's... You know, because Essendon's got a really good midfield. You know, they've got three top liners in... Shill, McGrath, and Merritt at the centre bounce. Yeah. And like, their midfield's probably better than ours. And, you know, and they nullified Cripps again. Like, Cripps was good, but he wasn't outstanding. I think he was... Would you say he was beaten? I don't, I don't think no, he was beaten, yeah. but he certainly didn't have Cripps-like impact on the game. No. And we had those guys. Setterfield stepped up as well. Walsh stepped up, you know, through the midfield. I was going to say, so Setterfield goes into the midfield in the last quarter. He played I well. I thought he was brilliant. He played well. He and, was... Because he didn't play that full midfield role for the entire game, but when required, when the game was really in the balance, we ended up winning, and he played most of that last quarter in the middle. So I thought he was really good. Should we rate the coach? Yes. We'll let's Dave. Let's let's rate the coach. It's whilst it was amazing coaching, because I think our game plan's brilliant. I think that when we're on the attack, we look very dangerous. Yeah. And you don't want to be defending against us. So I'm going to give him a really nice rating. But I think last night was more indicative of how well the players played to hang in there yeah. and just, you know, we didn't take our chances and the old Carlton going into the final quarter, the old Carlton would have been run over. For we sure. would have been run over, missing all those opportunities in the third quarter. We actually went goalless in the third quarter. Yeah. I think the old Carlton would have run out of legs. We would have been like, well, that was the best we could have given. We came out and won the game. I thought it was brilliant. Teague... As he said in the press conference, he's not too worried about the actual goal kicking. He thinks the goals will come. He just wants the opportunities created. Yeah. And because that's all he can do. Yeah, he can, he, no, he can sure. set up the goals. It's up to the players to kick them. So he's done his job. I'm giving Teague a 9 out of 10. Yeah. I was going to give him a 9 as well because, you know, four weeks in a row, the team selections I've said will happen yeah, on a yeah. Thursday night have happened. Four weeks in a row, I've, I've been on the same page with Dave. Yeah. And... He got his matchups right again. So Ed Kerno to Shield was the perfect matchup. Yeah, fantastic. I didn't think this would happen, but he clearly nailed it with Williamson going to McDonald tipping Woody. So did Petrovsky see and not play on McDonald tipping Woody at all? I thought he they did a bit, but I thought Williamson, they rotated. Well, they did. Williamson definitely started on him. Petrovsky yeah. Seedham did have him in a couple of contests late. I but thought they were, they I were thought, switching Fantasia as well. And, so I thought he nailed. Williamson and Petrovsky Seaton. Yeah. Both of them rotating through the two. Because Fantasia and McDonald Tipping Woody were nowhere. And they don't and you know, McDonald Tipping Woody beats us up a lot. Oh, and, he's he loves playing us. And I've seen during the week a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, we're wasting Petrovsky Seaton on a halfback flank. Uh, we're not. We're not because he plays his best footy there. Yeah, That's I That's where I agree. he's most valuable to the team. You know, even you know, it doesn't matter if he's not going to be racking up twenty five possessions a week and kicking two goals from the midfield. If he's playing his role for the team and he's a negating, you know, lockdown defender who's neat coming out. Great. He went at 90% efficiency yeah. as well and last night. that's exactly night. what you want he's coming tidy. out. He's you tidy. He's tidy. You compare Doherty, Petrovsky, Seed, and, and Simpson compared to 
the massacre year of Mullet O'Shea and oh, you know Jed Lamb coming team. out. It's it's a different. Team. It's a different. Team. He's and you keep saying this. You need someone who's a good decision maker and neat and tidy coming out of the back line. We know he's a really neat and tidy yeah. player. The next thing for Samo is is his decision making. I'm not saying he's a bad decision maker. But I feel that's one area which he could potentially improve on. And if he does, well, you know, he may start playing a little bit more through the middle. But for now, I've got no issues with him off the oh, halfback. I would be very happy for him to stay there his whole career. If he's going to get the job done every week mm. and contribute, this is the best he's contributed in his four years at Carlton. Yeah, no, I think Teague has really re, he's rejuvenated some players he has. by moving them around 100%. the ground. 100%. And I think, yeah, no, I think, you know, Teague, Teague is getting it right. And, I, and I've, I've said it. I like us when we're small. We were probably too small without Silvani when he went off early. Yeah, but that wasn't the intended... No, no, it wasn't our fault, obviously. But because McGovern and Casbolt are two guys. They're not the most talented, as good as Casbolt's been. They're not the most talented footballers you'll ever have playing centre-half forward, full forward. But they launch at packs. Oh, they do. They, both of them... They're They're huge assets. They're massive. And they will bring the ball to ground. When that ball hits the deck and you've got Cunningham, you've got Betts, you've got Martin, you've got Gibbons buzzing around, we're dangerous. We actually, for the first time in a long time, we look like we're going to score when we go yeah, forward. Yeah, we I actually agree. look like we're going to score. Now, my question to you, what happens when Mackay and Kerno are both fit? Because you're not dropping Casbolt. No. You're not dropping McGovern. No. You're not dropping Cunningham. You're not no. dropping Gibbons and you're not dropping Betts. So I've been on this for a long time. And Jack Silvani may lose his spot in the team, well, even though I think he's a fantastic player. Yeah, so I've been on this for a while. Charlie Kerno has to play through the midfield. Charlie Kerno's well, an on, th- he's an on-board. Yeah, I, I think this he's is going to... He, he's, he's a ruck rover. This could actually pave the way for that. Yeah, I really hope it does, because I wouldn't want to be an opposition coach coaching against a team with Charlie Kerno at a centre bounce. Yeah. No, I, 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 I wouldn't want to go near that. Coming up against Kerno and Cripps in the midfield is and something that would be... fingers crossed, Ollie Wines. <laughs> something that would be daunting for opposition daunting. players. Because I just think Charlie gets a little bit lost when the ball's in, you know, in flight coming in. He gets, a, he gets under the ball often. Yeah, that's how I think you fit them in. And then let's be honest, you know, T did think it will too top heavy with all of them. H is fourth in line at the moment on form. Mm. Now, H's two games this year haven't been particularly good. So, is he a lock in the 22? Yeah, well, Silvani's not going to play next week. He's, he's ahead got, of Silvani. He's ahead of... Well, they're a bit different. Uh, last night, I would have preferred Silvani out there than McKay. I, to be honest, I'm a massive rap for Silvani. Yeah. I think he's a really good ball user. He's a clever footballer. He's kicking. He's ground... He's field kicking. Footy he's, IQ, because not yeah. a lot of them have it. No, nah, he's... I, I think Silvani has to play. You know, same. No, so, but, Silvani's, but, but it goes back. So... Do, so, are you saying we're not sure yet if we can fit all five of McGovern, Casbolt, McKay, Kerno, Silvani? We're not sure yet. And pitting it. Yeah. I don't think you can... You can't fit all six. No. That's too top-heavy. No, it's but ridiculous. But they're all, they're all too good to, to miss out. Well, yeah. Th- th- these are good issues. It's a great issue. And this is where they might have to get funky in the pre-se- in the off-season trade-wise. But, and I'm not s- saying to trade or you know dish out any of them, but they've all got you know genuine value. And I think uh, Harry uh, Harry McKay is a good footballer. Like he's he's having a bit of a downtime, you know, goal kicking and whatnot. But he's a good footballer. And to be fair to him, he hasn't had any continuity since returning from injury. No, but he needs to improve his goal kicking. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, it's massive. But while him and Kerno are out, I'm more than happy with Casbold and McGovern. They've been fantastic. Five yeah. goals between them last night. You're not complaining. They just do what they need to do. Like McGovern for me. I, I wouldn't even know McGovern's stats from last night. I'll have a look at them now. He wouldn't have had many possessions. So he had 10 possessions and two goals. But it's just... 10, ten possessions it's the presence. more than It's usual. the presence of McGovern. See, this is what I said after last week. Mitch McGovern may not touch the ball a heap, and he actually may not do a lot in the game, but every single week he finds a way to hit the scoreboard. He just does. That's he just, why he's a good player. He just pops up. And, he, and you know what? I think he's kicked now six goals for the year, maybe more, but... He just finds a way. I think I'm slowly he's, being vindicated with my patience for McGovern. He's becoming a vital player in this Carlton team. He, so he's kicked six goals for the year. He just hits the scoreboard. Yep. That's all. He, all you got to do. It, does, it doesn't matter. If, even if, even when he doesn't play too well, he still hits the scoreboard. That's what we were saying. I think he kicked 18 or 20 goals last year yeah, as yeah. well. So it's, he's, he's a really, really important player for us, I think. And he's, 
he's very accurate in front of goal as well. Oh, he's kicked two beautiful goals tonight. Yeah, no, nah, seriously. And, and he's kicked 22 goals last year as well. So he hits the scoreboard. Can we quickly talk about the incident with Jack Silvani before we yep. rate the players? Or before, yep. Actually, we go to your bomb. But before yes. we go to your bomb, does Zach Merritt get a week for this? So what are our thoughts? Because he like, a clenched fist to the stomach is clearly not incidental. Yeah. Right? So the, the the fact of the matter is if we if 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 Michael Christian grades the contact, the impact as either high or severe, he gets a week mm-hmm. just based on the gradings and as they're going to take it to the tribunal if he gets a week. But the if Jack Silvani's cracked a rib or and bruised a lung, we've done both. Has do we know have they released that yet? No. We think it's a rib issue, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To me, it looked like he. As in, he's, rib. He, as in, they said he's going to be spending a night in hospital. Gee, okay, so, so it's got to be if something. If he's like spending that. tonight in hospital, he's probably he's probably you know. To me, it looked like the typical cracked rib or the bruise, the punctured bruised lung. That has to be is. at least high contact. Yeah, no, it has and, to which be. would mean a week for merit. Yeah, and uh, although it looked innocuous and it looked like something a football incident that happens, you know, often in the game. Wait, we shouldn't be endorsing blokes, clenched fists, unnecessarily hitting him in the ribs. Yeah, and it, it didn't need to be that hard. It, no. it doesn't look like much. It probably just got him in the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So that's a week for you? Uh, if it was me, like, for what it is, I wouldn't give him a week. But the system we have in place, I think he'll get a week. Yeah, look, I yeah, I think he should get a week as well. If The thing is, if Silvani's going to miss a week, he should miss a week. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's what I think. Alright. The bomb. Here it's we back. go. This is huge. Bolt's bomb is back. We missed one last week. We there was last week we were on too big of a high. We're on a huge high tonight as well, but we've got to bring back the famous Bolt's bomb. Bolt laid right. on us. So it's actually not a negative. It's it, it's a controversial. It's a controversial opinion that people won't have thought about until I until I get this in, ingrained in your heads. Okay. So the all Australia, I like the all Australian team. I like going through old all Australian teams. Yes, and the captain of the all Australian team for a long time has always been a captain of the club. Yeah. But recently, we've seen Rance, we've seen Franklin, and for me, that's ridiculous. Like, if you can't captain your own team, don't captain the all Australian team, right? Yeah. Sam Doherty, right now, is the all Australian captain. Yeah. In the all Australian team, Sam Doherty. And we touched on it early, earlier. The general, he's the general. He he just he knows what's happening. Footy IQs there. He is so big for he's our defense. He's the leader. And Sam Doherty, for me, right now, should be the All Australian captain. And I know you know the Joe Blow that that Barracks for Essence and a Hawthorne would would be laughing if they heard me say that. But I'm being dead set. Like, Sam Doherty has to be in the running. As in, he's at the moment he's got his hands on a blazer, but I want a C engraved on that blazer. No, I agree. Yeah, he do- it it's just it he's, makes he's, everyone around him play better. And the defense last year lost their heads a bit without him. One hundred percent. He just brings that. He instills that level of calmness as well. Yeah. That just you know it maybe stops a plowman from rushing. You know, a decision. It maybe stops. You know, a Jones from making a rash kick. But it, it also allows Jones to play a little bit closer to his man as well, yeah. rather than Jones being a bit slingshotty. Liam Jones as well, he, this year in particular, has just flown under the radar, I feel. He because hasn't, of Doherty. He hasn't gotten any love. Tell you what, this he, guy... He does his job every week, but we just guy, don't see... He's probably been one of our... One of maybe five who have had four good weeks. Not Jones, two, yeah. not three... He's actually been good every week. Yeah, no, Jones has definitely been above he, and, average. And he'll, once again, he'll fly under the radar, but Jonesy, mate, we can, we can see it. We can see how well you're playing. Just, yeah, he's just been fantastic, I feel. Yeah, no, he has. All right. Yeah, that's my controversial opinion. Doherty, All-Australian captain as we sit here right now. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you. Him or Cripps, whichever one, I don't mind, but I do agree. The Doherty co-captains of the All-Australian team. No, nah, seriously, they... We are very lucky to have two captains of that caliber. And as it stands right now, I think Cripps, Doherty, and Wiedering would be in that All-Australian team. The Certainly. last time we had three plays in an All-Australian team was 2,000. Wow. So we've had two a couple of times. Judd and Murphy shared and it once Judd or twice. And we had Judd and Favola as well. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I'm, a big, I, I'm a big fan of those three being in the All-Australian 2, team. 2,000. Lance Whitnell was an All-Australian that year. Yeah, yeah, it's... Wow. 
Um, look, gee, that was a while ago. <laughs> Should we rate our players? Yes. All right, so we're going to rate the top three and the bottom three on the day. Now, I thought tonight, I'll kick us off. Yep. The man we've been speaking about, who we've just spoken about, Sam Doherty, he was our best to field. Gets a 10 out of 10 for mine. Yeah, for me, another a 10 as well. He just didn't put a foot wrong, Doherty. Yeah. He was, I can't stress enough how good he was. If that's not a 10, I don't know what is. Yeah, the perfect game for the player in his And you position. can get better 10s and worse 10s. That yeah. was probably but an average of, 10. You know, but that in was... terms of the ceiling that his position allows him to play, he couldn't have played better. Yeah, no, nah, it was absolutely fantastic. Bolt, who was your second best of field? So I went Cunningham. I gave him a 9. Um, it would have been a 10 as well if he nailed those two goals. Yeah, no, nah, that's... So yeah... David Cunningham, he's actually becoming, and we've said it earlier, he's actually, not only is his spot now cemented in the 22, but he's sort of bordering becoming a player that we actually need, because who else is going to play that role? Who else on our list is able to play that role that has the dash and has his speed? I don't think we have anyone else. And can hit the scoreboard, because he hit the scoreboard round one and round two. Yeah, no, he's usually, he usually hits the scoreboard. He's actually usually got really good goal sense. I think last night, he was probably just a little bit off in front of goal, but this guy, he's actually becoming a super important player in our 22. And we talk about players in other teams who are probably the link between the midfield and the forward line. You know, Tom Lynch sort of plays that role at Adelaide. Yep. Cunningham doesn't play the exact same role, but he, he, you know, pumps the ball inside 50 regularly. Yeah, no, he does. He's he's, he's found... That's what it is. And that's why Teague is coaching really well, because players have found... Their worth under David T. Yeah, you know, they they know what they have to do to contribute to the team, and this is David Cunningham's fifth year in the system. Yeah, so we, you know, we, if this, he wasn't going to make strides this year, it was almost you're looking at the clock a bit. It's yeah, like, you know, no, we've needed, and, and he's done it. He's done it. He's he's taken that next step, and, we he's, and he signed that deal last year. So I think he's got till the end of 2022 or something. Yeah, anyway, yeah. but you know, probably to shut me up, you know, he had to probably get a bit of a move on because yeah, no, he's only that's played. Fair. 28 games, 29 games now. Yeah. It's not a lot of footy so, in five years. So for someone, I, I think he's playing really well for someone who's only played 29 games. Well, yeah. And that's another way you can look at it as well. That's, that's for my indication, he's playing really well for a guy who hasn't even hit 30 games. He was also second best afield for mine, and I gave him a 9 out of 10. Now, I feel like there was a bunch of maybe five players who could have got this third best on ground. I had to give it to Levi, though. I thought he was just... Oh, this man, every Where does he come week... from? He is just so good. It's actually... Uh, it actually blows my mind. Do you know how much anxiety that bloke has given me over the oh, last seven, it, eight years? No, nah, seriously. He's... And, you know, once again, as you mentioned earlier, the Essendon supporters, the Collingwood, the Richmond Hawthorne, they'll all give us flack for saying this. I think he'd, he'd, he'd be the number one forward of both teams. I think he's almost the second best player in the air in the competition. Behind Charlie Dixon? Or Jeremy McGovern's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, well, air. in terms of key for in terms of key forwards, he's probably top two, top three right yeah, now. Yeah. On no, he's he's tremendous in the air. You back him in most times, it is gonna it's clunk cr- it. It's crazy. It's, the it's goal it kicking. is crazy. Where's the goal kicking? He, come he got from? an eight out of ten. And and you know what? It would have been a nine if he had kicked one or two of those goals that he missed. I know he still yeah. kicked three. Yeah. But how about the snap? It's scary. It's actually scary how good this guy is. I can't believe it. I, and and once again, he went into the ruck as well last night when required. And gee, he's good around the ball. He's he's just so good. It's actually scary. Who was your third best? I think yeah, it was, you said. Yeah, Levi I had as well. Kaz Bolt on an eight as well, but I had a couple others on an eight. I had Walsh on an eight. I yeah, thought that, was, that was his best game of the year. Yeah, I had Walsh. I thought that was his best game of the year. You know, that was just on a wing as well. He just yeah. he was hard at it, Walsh tonight. He was yeah. brilliant. Huge pressure acts I felt Huge. That, that that were massive you feel like there are some players who lift when it's really crucial yeah I think Walsh tonight lifted when we needed him to big time no he, big was, time. he was really good and then I had Gibbons on an eight we've touched on Gibbons and Mister just goes about his business every week Jacob Wiedering yeah just, uh, yeah he's just oh god he's just flicking forwards <laughs> off his shoulder every week he is so good. Yeah, it's actually scary. He is <laughs> that good. Yeah, he's he's a number one draft pick. That's what you get with a number one draft pick. That's what you want to get with a number one draft pick. He's, yeah, he's just... <laughs> He'll yeah. be doing this for the next 10, 12 years. Yeah, no, he's absolutely fantastic, Jacob Wiedering. Now, 
just before we head over to the, the dark side, the well, not the dark side. Is is there anyone else you felt that we've been stiff on not giving a mention yet? I think we've covered most. There's players. probably one. He put, in terms of his four quarter game, it probably wasn't up there to compete with those others. But and I've I've said this the last two weeks. We look noticeably better when this bloke wants oh, to play. Yes. Oh, yes. We look noticeably better. How have we not touched and on again, him? Again, this was highlighted tonight. Mark Murphy's last quarter. Oh. When he wants to play, we look a different team. I think he had four kicks he in, set up in that the two last goals. quarter, the two, he was the two which were enormous. Assists. Nah, he's he's so good as well. He's yeah, you're right. When Murphy's up and running, we're better. He had the 21 tonight, and he just he's just so clean with the ball. Clever, clever. He's such a good he's, player. He's, he's almost our best decision maker. He's, he's a, brilliant. You know, he's had an amazing career, Mark Murphy. And, and he's also now having to learn a different role. He's playing on the outside, yeah. which he's not used and to. And you know what? If he hangs around for another couple of years... Could be playing finals. You never know. Mm. Well, so we'll head over to the dark side. Yep. Bottom threes on the day. And, yeah, I think, you know, we've got to be realistic. We've got to touch on those who probably weren't as good. Tonight, I thought probably our worst player on the ground was the debutant in Philby. Yeah. You know, it's always hard. It's hard. It's it's a daunting prospect and running that, onto the MCG against the old rivals yeah. for a debut. It's tough. It is. It is tough. It's tough playing anyone on your first game. But he, he, he just fumbled a lot. He, look, he, he did struggle. I'm not going to beat around the bush. He struggled. Yeah. Do you think he's ready? He looked a bit un, like he looked. Yeah. He looked too raw. As in, like, yeah, like, we knew he was going to be slight. Like we knew that going in. But he just didn't get enough outside uncontested footy. He probably didn't... You know, it is very hard to, you know, pick up on the tempo in your first game. It's almost yeah. unfair to expect that. And, and especially one that was such a high intensity. Yeah. But, you know, Philp, you know Philp's going to be best utilised when he's just, you know, getting on his bike and running into space and getting that type of footy. And let's be honest, it would have been easier for him to debut against North Melbourne at Eddie Howard on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Would have no, been for easier. sure. But, you know, he with had the, a couple of opportunities where he North. fumbled inside, you know, 30 out from goal, which would have been big. But, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, think, I think it was his first, the first three times the ball touched his hands, it slipped out, which is just clearly nerves. So I'm not, I'm it, not, would, it would have been hard for the parents watching at home yeah, as well. It I'm was, not, not going to jump on him and say that he did things wrong because, really, it was just nerves. And it was, that was, I can that was a serious case of the yips. He, just, he was so nervous. You could see. You almost just... You felt sorry for him, how nervous he was. But, no, for sure. But he'll... Yeah, I'm not worried. That's, no. I'm not worried about... That's that's not alarm... There's, there's no alarm bells ringing. That was literally just a case of... Yeah. No, very can, nervy can, yeah. in the first encounter. But, you know, he definitely has a copper mention on the dark side this week. Yeah, as rough as it is. Yeah, as rough as it is. So, I'm not... I feel bad even giving him a rating because it's unfair, but I'll probably say he gets a two or a three. I'll, say, I'll give him a three. I'm we- not as nice. <laughs> Gets a one. I just didn't do any. I just... It's fair. It's, yeah, he, he'll get a two for mine then. I'll give him a two. I'm not forgiving. But... Yeah, as yeah. in, yeah, look, please don't hate us. We've got to be realistic here. We've got to, we don't want to sugarcoat things because when they're good, we're going to praise them. So we've got to give them a nudge as well when they're not so good. But yeah, Sam Philp, nothing to worry about there. He'll he'll come right. And he, he look yeah, he looks like he's, you know, in when we watched him in the reserves, he looks like he's got the potential and he's got the capabilities to become a serious player for us. So that's just on debut, having the yips. We'll move on. But then we have to speak about Plowman. Yes, yeah, so Plowman I wasn't was happy- second worst for me as well. Plowman gave me the the CRAPs last week, the craps. Yeah. He just, he really did my head in last yeah. week, Plowman. And God, a lot of goals go through him. A lot yeah. of goals. So, so there was one in particular I want to talk about tonight. Yeah. The positioning when... Townsend took that grab in pretty much the goal square. Yeah. What was Plowman doing? What well, I mean, he's he's almost shied away from the contest by arching his back sort of. But I actually don't know what he was trying to do there. That was because I felt that was a huge goal. That was I think it was three goals apiece. Yeah. Townsend kicks it to kick their. Yeah, fourth. it was. It was. It was and, a big. And it had given him four of the last yeah, five yeah. as well. No, nah, so it was it was a big goal in the context of the game. I think at that at that point and. Yeah, Plowman for mine. He's just I don't know I don't know what it is. I think it's just he's he's really bad one on one. That's what I think. And in the air. In the air as well. He gets lost, which you mentioned last week on the show. Yeah, he needs to lift. And this is probably Well, this real... is where depth of the list comes in. I was gonna play. say this is a case of 
our backline probably not having the the amount of depth that we'd like it to. Because Marchbank's not fit. And, and Newman's not and fit. And Newman's not fit. And Daryl Thomas was delisted. Yeah, so you feel as if Marchbank and Newman were fit, that Plowman almost wouldn't be in this team. I don't think he'd be in the team. Because no. if I'm the coach picking for next week, Plowman's going out before Williamson. I was saying it tonight during the coverage. He came third in the best and fairest last year. But... I'm not saying he was our third best player last year because he, he wasn't, but that was probably more an indication. But of I sometimes him, feel like I'm him missing doing something. his role every week because like, he never plays. Like, I don't think he's played reserve since he's come to the Carlton Footy Club. I, I, I sometimes feel like I'm just missing something that I feel like he's just so clearly struggling defensively, but he just plays every week. He gets these plaudits off the field. I sometimes just don't get it, and he he. Really frustrated me tonight, Plowman. Mean, there was a moment as well where he overcommitted at a contest, just mm. exposed the rest of the back line out the back goal. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. A annoying. lot of goals go through him. It's, yeah, it is annoying. Because Rowan was the man that went, you know, they went they went to last week. He was playing on Plowman. And, you know, this week, you know, he, well, Towns, Townsend. Yeah, he. Yeah, he just he just makes, so how many, he Tans, makes big Tans errors. Kicked one. Oh, no, he only know. kicked the one. But oh, no, he just makes big yeah, errors. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. He really does. Third worst. So for mine, I don't want to sound like I, I, I don't like beating up on players, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I just don't think Jack Nunes should be in this team. I don't think he does enough. Yeah, he doesn't. I, I actually thought. Look, I don't think he's in our best twenty-two either. I actually thought he was okay tonight. I, he did make a couple of big blues. You know, he missed that shot on goal in the third quarter. Then he had a kick coming in where he, I think, kicked it over Martin's head, which would have given us another shot yeah. on goal. But, you know, he did set up that beautiful kick to Cunningham really late in the last quarter where Cunningham had that shot. I think Nguyen's... He's just a really average decision maker. And he's, he's a hack. And his skills aren't great. So yeah, when you're combining not. those two, you're very rarely getting a possession from him that's like... You know, ooh, yeah, that was good. I think he's always just going to be a player that just exists. As be- yeah, <laughs> do you get what I mean? Like he's, you know, the thing is, who do you take out of the team for Fisher? Because he's going to he's going to walk in. Fisher's going to come in next week. Um, in my opinion, well, it's probably going to be Philp. Well, I was going to say, but I'd I'd then rather O'Brien than Nunes. Yeah, and that's yeah, I agree. I actually agree. I would bring in O'Brien for Nunes. But if Silvani's going out, they're not going to make three changes. Well, H, H will come in so for So H Silvani. will come in for Silvani. Hopefully H is okay and, with the bruise And bruise. then Fisher for Philp. I would go with the third one. O'Brien you, for give, Nunes. Give O'Brien a go because you've given Nunes four goes now. I agree. And Nunes' best game was probably his first one when he still wasn't very good. I would, I would say it's time to shuffle the deck. Because whilst, yeah, we, we've whilst we're of- playing well, we could be playing better. Yeah, no, so, I, I agree. If they still, you know, it's still, you know, possession is their downfall. Who was the third in your bottom three from I, last I, night? I actually had Jack Martin. He he just didn't get involved enough, to be honest. But yeah, once again, fair. once again, he hit a massive goal. In and the Jack last Martin was top three in our best and fairest coming into oh, last night. As night's in Martin's game. having an unbelievable season. He yeah. is a beautiful footballer, but. Wasn't one of his better games. He and just I think it was he also, struggled to get involved. It was but. also a case of because Silvani went down, he was then the one who had to pay the price and have his position changed. Because yeah, no. he went from playing in the midfield to going back Deep, into the forward yeah. line, which is not where he wants to play. No, of course not. And whilst he's still good there, he's not as good as when he's but involved again, in the middle. Well, once again, he made his opportunities count. I was going to say... A big, big, big he goal. He kicked a monstrous goal. Like, monstrous. And that's having the game sense to know, I can't miss here. I've got to nail this. That was monstrous. He also... Yeah, he only had the 11 disposals, but, yeah, he had the three tackles. Yeah, I mean, if he's in our bottom three, we're not complaining. You're going well. Yeah. And, we, and look, we, did, we are going well. Yeah. You no, know, we're two and two. It's the first time, I think, in a long time we've been relevant at the start of the year. Yeah. It's the first time since 2012 we've won multiple games in the opening month of the season. I said it before why we're different to the old Carlton. The old Carlton wouldn't have been able to back up a win like that against Geelong. Well, we saw would even have... last year's Carlton. We lost that game to the Suns. We lost that game to Hawthorne and Tassie early on. Yeah, you know, no, two games yeah. we should never have lost. Yeah, I, this is this is a new brand of footy. This is something exciting. This is you can sort of see the pieces of the puzzle coming together a bit. You can yeah. you can tell that players are starting to grow and actually develop into proper. 
players that are capable of playing at this the level. This is definitely a team I can see playing finals by the end of next year. But yeah. we want it, we want this team to become a team we can see contesting contending for flags. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. The growth they need and between you, now and the end of twenty twenty one. If you bring in the best on ground from Friday night, Mr. Tom. Mm. Oh, was it sorry, Thursday, Thursday night. night. Uh Mr. Tom Papley, well, well that just adds another dimension of art for us and can you just tell me a little bit, a little bit about this? You're adamant Ollie Wines will, will be at Carlton. You're adamant. Yeah. You're oh. adamant Ollie Wines will play for Carlton in 2021. Yeah. It now makes Explain it a... this to the Blues faithful. Explain yeah. it. it. He, I know for a fact, Ollie Wines wanted to come to Carlton at the end of 2019. I know he wanted to get to Carlton and they just... It couldn't be the, done. They just closed the discussions early. Port Adelaide closed it early. Carlton were going for Martin. Carlton were going for Papley. Just yeah, wasn't. There was going too to much work. on our plate. It's now going to make it hard because Papley's probably worth two first round picks right now. He is worth two first round picks. It's going to be very hard to pick. And we'll actually discuss this. Who would you rather, Papley or Ollie Wines, in your team? It's a tough one. Okay, it sounds ridiculous. Probably Papley. And I think most people will be Papley. Uh, but this is where the buck comes in. If we're talking about Ollie Wines, he's going to slot straight into the midfield. And Ed Kerno is probably nearing on the end, as is Mark Murphy. But that's not even the fact. It's the fact that it's it's a skinny midfield anyway. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. No, it's it's so tough. But Papley can play there as well. I know. And he Look, kicks goals. They have, if Carlton land Papley and Wines, then it catapults us into that you know, top four oh, contending yeah. team. I'd take one, but um, yeah, no, we no, sorry. I shouldn't yeah, say I they know. have to land, but they have to land one. Got to get another big fish. They have to land one, and it would be an absolute scene if we landed both. But yeah, I'm. Yeah, so I, you're I fairly think, adamant. Yeah. Are you more adamant that Papley will be at Carlton or Wines? No, wines. Wow. Yeah. So you think there's more of a chance of Wines coming? Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll be pushed out of Port Adelaide. He lost the captaincy as well in the off season. He's not playing particularly well. He's not playing in the midfield yeah, there Yeah, got that one-week suspension for breaching the COVID laws. I just think, keep an eye on it. Wow. He's a Victorian boy, obviously, we know. Ollie Wines. Do you, I think he grew up a Carlton supporter as well. Um, I'll speak to the family during the <laughs> week. But, um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I've been confident on it for a couple months now. So, hopefully Look, that comes to fruition. I, I, I hope it comes to fruition. All right, the Rezies and an injury update. So, obviously, Jack Silvani... We probably, he, he, probably, he probably won't play next week. Yeah, we probably expect him to miss a week. Caleb Marchbank still isn't fit, but Zach Fisher will come in. So, the reserves today, did we hear much from it? I think it was a 12 on 12. It's, so, it's very hard. It's, that is a laugh. Yeah, that is a bit of a laugh. That is a laugh. Yeah, it's. I mean... That's, I think, it's, that's non-contact training against another team. I, I think that's going to hinder the development of some players. Like A player like Liam Stocker, yeah, who, we, who, I was just thinking. who we needed to have a big year in the VFL and really build up you know, some match fitness and just, just get out on the park and develop, that's hindering. It is. It, it's, look, it's not ideal for anyone. That's what, well, hopefully they do give Stocker a run at some point this year. And, I like, think he's we'll one see of the, him at some point. Yeah, and like, once again, they played him in the back half last year. Yeah. Bolton did at least. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what Teague wants to do with him, but it'll be interesting. No, it'll definitely be interesting. Uh, Matt Owies, I think, played well yesterday. What did Kennedy do? Kennedy kicked two. Stocker kicked two from the midfield. They said Josh Honey was fantastic and Lockie O'Brien. Those two are continuing their good form. He's named half the team. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Callum Moore and Tom DeConning with a, with a ruck forward combo who yeah. were who were combining for those two positions for the day, and Goddard and Silvani were down back. So two goals for Fisher, two for Kennedy, two for Moore, two for Stocker, and then DeConning, Honey, Owies, and Ben Silvani with one apiece. Yeah. So look, it's 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 going to be interesting to see the changes. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they'll pull the pin on Nunes for O'Brien yet, as much as we'd like it to happen. I still think it'll just you be... You also a- can't ignore good form. And O'Brien's now played three really solid I games in a row. Agree. I completely agree. I still think they'll stick with a Silvani Philp for Fisher-McKay. Now, um, it must be noted, because of the reduced numbers, there were no wings. <laughs> they couldn't play wings. So it says here, with no wingers given the reduced numbers, O'Brien still there'd managed be- to provide some important run between the arcs. There'd be no wings or pockets. Oh, it's just so. It's actually so hard to judge a game. Then impossible. Impossible. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It, I think it's just a case of just get through it unscathed. Really, 
Get your hands yeah. on the footy. What a, what a what a really unfortunate situation. Should they not be filling up the numbers with Northern Blues listed players? Surely. Or you can't combine them because yeah, of the whole career. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. fair. Yeah, look, I yeah. It's it can it's, only come from the AFL institution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so predicted changes. You say yours, I'll say mine. I'm going McKay and Fisher come in for Silvani and Philp. I'm gonna say what I think will happen is McKay and... Well, actually, is McKay going to be fit? I'm not sure. I hope he is. I'd like him to if be McKay's fit. If McKay's not fit... It's probably... It'll be Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah. It'll, it'll probably be Kennedy. Yep. Cal Moore. I mean, I saw no. on Twitter people want Cal Moore to play. It'll be Kennedy. So, for mine, what I think will happen is McKay and Fisher for Philp and uh, Silvani. Yep. I'd like them to also pull the trigger and bring in O'Brien for Nunes. And to be honest, I want to see Josh Honey. I yeah, I know see... you do. you man. He's, he's had three really good games in a row in the reserves. Can he play the Silvani role? Yeah. Or is he too short? I don't know him that well, to be honest, Josh Honey. But yeah, no, nah, I'd... I don't know. I'm more concerned about getting wins under our belt. He's in only, these yeah, he's only 185 centimetres, honey, so probably not going to play that Silvani. Yeah, I, they just got to get wins on the board. Yeah, here. No, Big I agree. This is, this is almost a list-defining three weeks. St Kilda, Sydney, Gold Coast. I was going to say... They, they, they what, really... Okay, St Kilda, Sydney, Gold Coast. Two of them at the MCG. I, I'm going to be really, really... I don't know what the word is. Bullish, I think, about the boys... I'd be really upset if we don't win two. Because mm. uh, yeah. I think St Kilda's the hardest of the three by a mile. Well, I think on form, it's the Gold Coast. It's tough. Like, yeah, oh, gee, yeah, it it's is. It's tough. Gold Coast on the Gold Coast. Yeah, that's tough. They they don't lose there. If, look, if, we can pin, if we pinch two of those three, this team is building before our eyes. If, yeah. they, get, if they can get to four and three and win these 50... Because Essendon was a 50-50 game. And so oh, win a game like no, that... I, the more We've it, done I, this a I, bit to Essendon. We win the, we beat yeah. them in 16, 17, 18, and 20. Uh, we're pretty... You know, we usually get it done over that I, team. Yeah, I'm, I'm bullish about this mob. I'm seriously leaning towards... If we don't win two of the next three, that's almost a wasted opportunity. Yeah, no. This is, it's a, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, this is a big three weeks for the footy club. Because we're probably going to be in the second installment of the WA Hub... So we'll probably go over with maybe we, a Hawthorne and then yeah. play West Coast and Freo. Over we need there. to go into that hub having won three. having won four games because yeah. there's a high chance we don't win one. There. And if we can go to the hub, and let's just say we go over with Hawthorne, so we play Hawthorne whilst in quarantine, then West Coast and Freo. If you're four and three with Hawthorne at a neutral venue in Fremantle without Fife potentially, that's yeah, that's that's. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I just you nearly jumped there. Yeah. <laughs> No, so the no, big one week at a time. So the next three weeks are a massive, massive, particularly this week. This week's Saturday afternoon MCG. Zach Jones probably won't play for St Kilda. This is where we want him. Gresham as well. Will he play? He should play. Should. Just an eye. Yeah, he should. Now matchups for next week. Very quickly, Weedering. Who does he go to? Is he'll, is it is it Ben go, King or yeah, does Jones go to King? Because Memory's nah, Memory's big as well. Yeah, and Memory usually plays really well against us. I I would match up Jones on Memory because I think yeah, his leg same, speed same, is is required. Same. And then I'd go Weedering to King. Same. That's what I'd do. Same. But St Kilda, then I mean they may you know who's who's then going to match up on Ryder if Ryder plays and Marshall. They're a really hard team for us to match up on St Kilda. Yeah. I honestly think if McKay's back, Levi may almost get thrown into the defence. We had to yeah, do it. We had to do it last, last year. year. They may say Levi just go head to head with Ryder. Then all again, day. if you know, if we go a little bit smaller and they don't have that dash of Zach Jones, the ball hits the deck and we are yeah. speeding through the middle. Yeah, look, it's it's going to be really interesting. It'll be, it'll be a great game. Who do they line up on our big men? Who goes on McGovern? Um, because so I think so. Let's say McKay plays. Yeah, I think Howard will take McKay. Yep. Then I think. Probably um, Carlisle Carl. will take Casbolt. Yep. And then probably Wilkie takes McGovern. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, They've also got Battle Up Forward who played um, pretty well this afternoon as well. Yeah. I, oh, but, it's going to be really interesting. And so then this, I'm telling you, there are weird matchups in Kilda. There are weird there, This is going to be a really, really big test for Teague. Well, we'll see. 
Really big test. Got them last year. You remember we played Setterfield pretty deep in defence against they're, them last much, year. They're much better this year. No, they are. They're they're, their recruits have been unbelievable. Dan Butler. Now, Lockie Plowman has the biggest job of his life. We've we've absolutely scrutinised him put tonight. Sim- I put Simpson on him. You'd put Simpson? Uh, not Williamson? No, I put Simpson. Really? Yeah. Just the, the, the experience, you think? Yeah. Yeah. If we can shut down Dan Butler... He's the barometer right Yeah, now. he He's really the is. He's their barometer. Would you tag Brad Hill? See, this is my question. Who does Ed Kerno line up on? Who I would think, you... I think Brad Hill. You think... But can Kerno... Kerno's got the endurance yeah, to go yeah, with him all yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, they, I like that. Put Kerno and Hill. I think Kerno and Hill. But then, I mean, are we are we worried then about Hanabry being off the leash? He yeah. hasn't been that damaging for them this year. No. Nah. I'm not worried about Hanabry being off the and leash. And Jack Steele. He's a good player. He's the not one for mine. He's, leash, he's probably... Well, he usually goes head-to-head with Cripps anyway, Jack Steele. They usually yeah. send him to yeah. Cripps. Look, so... that, that'll be a good... Yeah, I, yeah. this is a really weird matchup. It'll be, it'll be a good game. It's going to be really interesting. This is 50-50. Winner goes 3-2. and two. It's a big game. Yeah, this is big. <laughs> this is... If we win, that's, you know, that's really... That's a big sign, if we win, that we've turned a corner. My... Will be in jugs of beer next Saturday night if we win. <laughs> well, it was yeah. Look, we're gonna we'll, we'll call the show there. I'm super excited for this week's game. It's great. It's just great. We're in a season. Yeah, we're yeah we're we're relevant again. We're not that we were not that we were irrelevant, but now we're no, because we know. I think we've taken that step from the bottom four teams to now that next bracket. Yeah, we're a difficult we're a difficult team. You know, we're an awkward team to play. Like we're rated now, we'd ha- we'd have to be rated above Adelaide, Fremantle. It's tough now to sort of. It, there's a big log jam, t- in the yeah. Middle, but we're on that peak with jam. Essendon, St Kilda, North Melbourne. That's what Maybe I was going to say. Ahead of us, but those types of teams. So we are we level right. with St Kilda. They're probably a little bit ahead of us, but right now, if you ask most teams they'd rather play, I think you'd rather play West Coast and Carlton right now. Oh, I I agree. West because West Coast have been easy to score they against. Look terrible. Yeah. No. We're and we're really really tight in the back line. We don't leak score. No. No. This is brilliant. It'll be interesting. Look, I look, hope they they just got to keep backing it up. We're gonna end it there. Thank you for tuning into the Blues Footy Podcast this week. We're gonna be back next week for more. Really, really exciting times around the club right now, and it's you just wish we could go. You wish we could go sit in the stadium and give the boys the support they deserve, but we'll be doing it from afar. Once again, thank you for tuning into this week's edition of the Blues Footy Podcast, and hopefully we're doing it after a win next week. Hopefully. Thank you guys for tuning in. Go Blues! Against the famous old dog.